Hey, it's Mark Backer here, and I just wanted to take a moment just to say thank you for taking the time to actually listen to this podcast. In addition, I wanted to warn listeners ahead of time that this episode may contain some triggers for some people suffering from mental health issues. I do discuss topics that range from depression, suicidal thoughts, and other ruminating, disturbing thoughts. Just want you to know if you ever have these similar type thoughts, you definitely want to seek out professional help. And just know that you're not alone. You can actually also reach out to mental health specialist by dialing 988 on your cell phone, and that actually reaches the National Suicide Hotline. Other than that, please remember to rate the show, give it a review, and actually communicate with us. You can email us at notthepod77 at gmail.com. That's N-O-T-T-H-E-P-O-D-7-7 at gmail.com. Thanks again, and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the very first episode of This Is Not The Podcast You're Looking For. I'm your host, Mark Backer, and today's episode is entitled A Search For New Hope. And today we're going to really delve into the why of Star Wars. And I know it might not make much sense. And again, if you were looking for a fanboy podcast that's going to discuss all of the stories and and characters and who shot first and stuff like that this is not the podcast you're looking for really the intention behind this podcast is to understand why are we so obsessed with this and for somebody like myself how did star wars save my life how did i go from really planning on how i was going to end my life feeling there was no hope and i had lost this go around and I would try it again if it was reincarnated to going from a place of now I have something to hold on to and a belief system and some would say almost with a religious fervor on there and I didn't understand it that's what this episode is we're really going to dive into the why of Star Wars and hopefully my hope for anyone listening out there if you've ever felt lost if you've ever felt like you don't belong, if you've ever felt like it was too late, if you've ever felt like you're a failure, or you have people in your lives that are toxic and continually reminding you of your failings or that you're not good enough, or geez, I, I could go on for hours on this, or if you've ever thought for a second, maybe life would be better if I just ended it. Maybe I don't need to be here anymore because nobody would care. You're the ones that I am recording this for. I didn't have any intention on doing this podcast. This is a personal call to adventure for me that I was refusing to accept. And my first guest, and also the Chewbacca to my Han for the rest of these episodes, as we fly through these, will hopefully open the door and shed some light 
and really explain what the hell this whole entire Star Wars universe is from an emotional, from a psychological, from a mythological standpoint. And this is why I wanted to bring him on. And quite honestly, and, and in full transparency, he's the one that challenged me to do this. I was terrified. You're listening to the voice of somebody who has talked about action for decades, but never would hit record or never would start typing because he was so scared of failure, because it was so ingrained in his head that he's a loser. And no matter what he does, someone else has done it. Somebody else has done it better. Somebody else knows better. So I refused any call to action. And I would wait for my first guest to feed me something, to come to me for some help polishing something or, or give life or dialogue or anything. And that was simply enough because then I didn't have to do any of the work. I could just kind of activate my creativity and go from there. And this is why I want you people listening. Because if I can do this, if I can hit record and tell you some really deep personal stories that maybe Star Wars can do something for you. And you don't even necessarily need to be a fan because it's not, this is not about the nerdiness of Star Wars. This is about holding on to something that, again, quite literally saved my life, or else I wouldn't be here. So my first guest hails all the way from Stuttgart, Germany, and he is a storyteller. He is a writer. He is a world builder. He's an authority on Joseph Campbell and George Lucas. And again, he has forgotten more than I will ever remember. And guys, as I've explained... I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan on the planet. I'm not going to be able to quote you things chapter and verse. I'm going to get some facts wrong because this is not what this is about. This is about the feeling. And in 2002, when I moved to Los Angeles for the second time, I met my first guest at a Jeet Kune Do martial arts class in a local park, right in the middle of Hollywood by a guy walking around in a... Bruce Lee gee that he wore every day of his life. It was just really, it was something that if, if it seemed like an SNL sketch named Sifu Marcus, but I was introduced to him by somebody who was working on the set of ER when I was there and I was going through some darkness, self-hatred kind of stuff. And one of the first classes I met this gentleman, six foot blonde hair, blue eye Aryan, and obviously myself of Jewish descent, and having dark humor around me, I could not help myself. And I went right after him. And I started doing <laughs> some, some, some inappropriate jokes about World War II, and, and I'll let you, think, you know, imagine the rest in your head. But, and impersonations. And impersonations, and, and Tough, this, uh, is, this mm -hmm. is, was my intro to him. But instantly... I, I was attached to him simply because we started talking about Star Wars. And I thought, ah, okay, another nerd. This is somebody I can identify with. What I didn't realize is this had nothing to do with nerddom. Because what this person did was open my eyes to a pathway of healing, to a pathway to understand that, again, you don't have to make these choices. You know, for somebody who wanted to be a Jedi, I, I had so much Sith in me. On a daily basis, I wanted to dominate. I wanted to become famous so that I can shove it up the asses of 
everyone that doubted me or called me a loser, any of the family members or supposed close friends or ex-girlfriends or anybody, anybody that ever put me down or made me feel less than because I had dreams and plans. This one person said, hmm, you like Star Wars. Let me explain to you why Star Wars is important to you. And I thought he was batshit crazy. And I'm like, Joseph who? Joseph Campbell? And being told, oh, yeah, you should read Hero with a Thousand Faces. And I, and I, I buy the book and I look at it and it's, it's a fucking textbook. I hated school and it read just like a textbook. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll read this. And it sat on my shelf for <laughs> over 10, 15, 20 years. Jeez, has it been that long? No way. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes, 20 mm-hmm. years. Until recently, I finally finished it. But again, the point is, he opened up my eyes to a whole new world that I didn't realize would, again, one day save my life. He is my mythical Obi-Wan. He is the main reason I have learned a deeper understanding about my personal life and that I've been more Jedi now than I have been in decades. And again, he's not a guru. He's not a healer. He's just somebody that said, hey, I know it can save you. Watch Star Wars again. Watch Empire. Watch Jedi. See the choices these characters made. See the redemption. See the forgiveness. See the acceptance of the Father for who he is. All of these magical things that I didn't know were affecting me that would still cause me to cry every time I watched any of the three movies in certain pivotal moments. Crying because of the longing in A New Hope, watching Luke look at the binary suns. Crying in the second movie when Luke gives up on Dagobah and he can't lift the rocks and Yoda, who's a tiny little being, just looks at him, right? And says, "Mm, do or do not. There is no try. I was all about the try. I didn't believe in doing. And then by the time we get to the third movie and somebody who had a horrific relationship with my father all the way up through his death, watching Luke save the father and the father telling him he was right. And Luke saying, no, no, I won't let you go. I will save you. And him saying, you already have instant tears. Even though I couldn't have a relationship with my own father, it felt like a healing. So anyway, sorry, I digress. This is just something that I just has excited me for years to be able to get you on a podcast or an interview where you will be forced to finally speak. If, you, if those of you who know Jorg, he does not speak. <laughs> He's as tight-lipped as, as they come. So it is with great pleasure and, and, and deep honor that I introduce my mentor, my friend, at one point in time, director of a movie that I was in, thanks to him. He is a filmmaker, a storyteller, a world builder, teaches transmedia, has created themed attractions in Europe's second biggest theme park. It is Er Jog Ile. Willkommen, meine Freunde. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for pushing me and giving me a kick in the ass so that I do this, so that I can finally get back on my path. So thank you. Welcome to This Is Not The Podcast You're Looking For. So as I wring my hands, because there's a billion questions I've wanted to ask you, you, you know me, 
There's only one or two people on this planet that know me deeply, and you're one of them. And you knew the pains, and we've had our own falling outs through the years, and I have gone dark, and you opening my eyes to Star Wars has quite frankly saved my life, stopped me from killing myself. What has Star Wars done for you that, I don't know, that changed and altered your life? What, what, what is this whole freaking franchise <laughs> done for you besides mm-hmm. cost you money and <laughs> some heartache in the later years? Talk to me. What do you got? Well, as you, as you describe the transformation or the, the saving that it did for you as you were, highly depressed. I would say that I wasn't depressed to the extent that I was going to kill myself. I think I'm much too much of a coward for that. But I was very, very lost also in my in my also in my LA years. And Star Wars was that famous light at the end of the tunnel. It was a beacon. It was something in all the confusion, the meaninglessness that the disconnect that I was experiencing, because I was fairly young when I moved to Los Angeles and I went to film school, Star Wars became the one thing that I could latch onto, that I could hold on to, because this may sound very sad, but it was one of the only things I could actually really love. I remember sitting there thinking, you know, my, my relationships had ended because I had left to, to, to the US to go study film. And of course, I had my family, my friends, and, and there was, there was a lot of love there, but it was nothing that I could feel because they were so, so far away. And as I was in this very competitive environment, a film school was already very competitive and obviously then later on in, in Hollywood, it, you, you easily lose yourself. And, and real, you, quick, you know, real quick, just so we don't brush over it, York went to AFI, American Film Institute mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. At what age was it? 23. Yeah. So 23, he gets accepted into a prestigious film school, right? I mean, it is a, I mean, you talk about shit. AFI is cinema, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not just a film class, a film school. It is some of the best of the best have gone to AFI. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. So, and the thing was that I had gone to film school because, and we can talk about this. Um, Star Wars had transformed my life because it had given me a sense of inspiration, a sense of purpose. When I saw Star Wars for the first time on the screen, which was in, I think, 83, it was Return of the Jedi. I saw that one first, actually. It blew my mind because wait, I... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. See, here's, here's, here's first of the revelations that I had no about. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. So the first movie you saw was Return of the Jedi. Yes, I reverse engineered Star Wars. <laughs> so you didn't see Star no. Wars Empire. No. You had no idea no. of one of the biggest mm. reveals in cinema history. You, none of that. So you came in knowing that, well, here's this Jedi master, and here's the guy he calls father, and he redeems him, and you start there. God, well, even with even less, because I had just moved to the U.S., and I didn't speak a word of English. So I think I've only been there for a few months before I saw it. So I had picked up random words. I learned very, fairly quickly because at that age, you learn language pretty quickly when you're absorbed in the environment. But I barely understood what they were saying. And it didn't matter. 
because the imagery, the emotion, the themes, the psychology, the mythology of it works. It transcends words. It's not about the intellect. It's about connecting to the heart. And that's what it did. And in my case, because I wasn't grossed into the narrative per se, it was just the mere fact that this incredibly imaginative fairy tale that somebody had put that on the screen. And as a child, I had always been creating my own little fantastic worlds. I had been playing either with my friends or I had been playing with my toys and I always recreated or created these, these worlds and stories. But I never thought that I could share that with someone through a, through a mass medium. And when I saw what Lucas put on the screen, I literally felt that I actually thought he looked into my head and put that stuff on screen because so much was part of the things that I had imagined as I had played as a child. And to know that someone could do that had transformed my life to the degree that I chose a professional career, which I'm still in to this day. So you see Jedi. Mm -hmm. And at that point, your roadmap is etched in stone. You know what direction you're going. Mm. And at, when you saw, I mean, we all have difficult childhoods at some point in time. Was there anything else going on like in your life at that? I mean, you're young, but does it affect how your childhood is moving forward? You know, were you, did it give you confidence or strength to handle things a little bit differently if you started thinking, you know, like a Luke or you started, you know, doing, I don't know, just started behaving more in a, in a, in a Jedi way or was it still too young? It was just adventure and play. Mm. Did you feel, the, oh, you see, you didn't see Star Wars yet. So I can't ask you about the longing because. No, no. As a child. And again, I'm being seven, eight, nine years old when I'm seeing the first trilogy. Star Wars was about Star Wars was about imagination, I think. And that's what it should be for a child. You're not yet on the path of finding yourself. You're not yet on the path of, you know, career ambition or dealing with your family on a, on a more psychological uh, scale. You're just about experiencing the world. And Star Wars has become part of that experience. And it has been the permission to dream incredibly big because i knew from that not even the sky was the limit you know space was the limit and and i think that's what it that's what it taught me there was no need to have small ideas and again as a child they're usually expressed through play and that's what i played and of course then you know you take this you know you buy the star wars toys and you reenact that and you start creating your own additional you know storylines and 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 characters and what whatnot. And that's what it really became. It became about taking a, a world and expanding on it, playing in it, experiencing it, and and forming it. And I think that's ultimately what you do as a creative person. You know, you always have some kind of a playground. And within that playground you re you know, you create and, and mix and match and that kind of stuff. I mean that's that's what creativity is all about. And that's what Star Wars in a way had fueled and fueled. that's interesting because i was again i was five when i saw star wars and so i was eight when i saw jedi and i was 11 when i saw i'm sorry i was eight when i saw empire and was 11 when i saw jedi 
I can remember even in 1977. Again, being in a, a really difficult household, father mm. gone, abusive brother and sister, emotionally devoid mother. And it was just constant bedlam and pandemonium in that house. And to the point where I was, you know, I was always the target being the youngest of three. And I remember hating every one of them. And when I started getting Star Wars figures, I would hide in my room and I would have mm. the figures and I would escape, if you will. Right. Mm. Star Wars, it, it, I didn't view it as creativity or thinking about, oh, I can have a career doing this. It was, I could get away from all the yelling and the hitting mm. and the threatening and the constant reminders about how I wasn't wanted and that I was, you know, a piece of shit. And like, it was all I could do where if I had my Star Wars figures, they wouldn't hurt me, right? I could control mm. the situation. So it's interesting that you had to take where it went, mm. hey, I'm mm. going to create this stuff. This is imagination. And I had used it for escapism. Mm. I had used it to get away, right? And, you know, I, I would play with friends and their figures and everything. But I remember I always felt safest when I was just in my room and nobody in that house could get to me. And I would just play with the figures or go out back by myself. So there was a lot of isolationism with it. But anyway, mm. and, and that's this is the fascinating part because eventually I want you to get into the why, right? Why? Mm. Why the hell? But by the way. For you and something different for me and other people. Well, but to not get too psychological about this, but what I hear is when you say you took this to create sort of a safe space for yourself, that's also what one of the gifts is that Star Wars gives people. I mean, it depends what life situation you're in. I was fortunate to be in a more positive life situation where I wasn't faced with a lot of antagonism. So I could take the positive from Star Wars and, and basically build upon that. Now, you obviously had to use Star Wars for a different reason. But what it did for you was ultimately, and this is what we're talking about, there is something that connects us on such a deep level to this mythological, to this neo-myth of Star Wars, that we want to stay connected to it, even in our darkest hours. And, you know, religion does that. That's where you have all the symbolisms or the scriptures in religious texts where people will go to church or they will go to scripture or they will, you know, pray to a certain uh, artifact to reconnect in that darkest hour to something that is greater than the perceived reality, something that gives you meaning, something that gives you hope. And that's that's the great title of the first that's the great title of the first film. And I think that's what it did. It it gave people hope and it, it connected them to something that was deeply, deeply, deeply meaningful. And I think that's where the it, that it doesn't matter what life situation we're in, everybody had that had that connection. The interesting part is why Star Wars has that for us. And I think um, there's different aspects of it that work on such a psychological or such an emotional level that are, you know, thousands of years old, as, as Campbell points out. You know, there are mythic motifs, there are conflicts, there are characters and emotions in this that have so spoken and resonated with the soul or with our souls in the late 70s, early 80s, that it has become something of a 
substitute religion, if you like. You know, it's 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 nothing less than that, and it, it's 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 filling a sort of void where people were looking for a a meaning in life. I remember the early '80s being very crazy. The you know MTV was being launched, the poppy crazy outfits, the the the, the wild hair, and um, the excessive commercialism or capitalism of you know greed is good gordon gecko and all this other stuff right the 80s were kind of just silly you know coming out of the 70s which was so introverted and critical coming off you know vietnam obviously you know that was sort of the trajectory and and the 80s were trying to say let's have fun again you know let's let's just be you know crazy and it was you know ferraris and miami vice and and you know cindy lauper and all this other stuff and and we love it for all that and here comes star wars in a where People were kind of, I think, struggling with what their lives were supposed to mean or where their lives were supposed to go. And there is, there's an emotion that's, that's connected or that you connect to that answer this question. And one of, the, one of the pivotal moments, I think, is, and I've discussed this, I, re I remember I was editing The Tribe because I had um, the editor who did all the um, Cheapers Creepers movies, which I thought were great. And he was editing The Tribe. Well, and so yeah, he had worked with... I remember. Yeah. So he worked with Victor Salva, who, you know, obviously has a, has a bit of a troubled past, but nonetheless, uh, I was introduced to him and I remember going to his house up in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, he was very, very kind. And we immediately connected because I think he had a bunch of Star Wars memorabilia. And I said, oh, you're a Star Wars fan. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I said, Victor, what is it? What is it? Why are we infected with this virus? Why is it penetrated every cell of our body? Why are we living and breathing this stuff, right? And he said, you know, I've asked myself that question many times. And long story short, we agreed on the one moment of which you've already mentioned, it, the, the binary suns. It is that moment of longing. And I think that was when Star Wars went from, oh, this is creative space, fantasy, entertainment stuff to holy moly, this is opening my heart to a feeling that I yet cannot articulate on my own, but I completely connect. What happens? Luke Skywalker, you know, farmer, seeking or knowing that there's more to life than this moisture farming. And boy, don't we all know this feeling. You know, you're, you're in your job, you're either you're going to school, you're living your mundane life. You're maybe paying the bills. You're going through the daily routine of surviving. But you're not living. You're not living. And here's this Luke Skywalker kid. And the genius, of course, of the, 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 the image of looking into these two suns, which is the longing. What's on the horizon? What's beyond the horizon? There's more out there for me, right? That's what this says. And then comes in, and you and I almost tear up every time. We hear it, the John Williams score, where this grand theme, and he completely captures that moment. And I said to, score and it builds, and, and it's, becomes larger than and, and yeah, and there's this guy, and I think he has his, his arm on his knee, and he's standing, and he just kind of drops his head. And I think in that moment, you had a gazillion hearts literally just go, oh my God, that's me. That's me. I think people who have been or are longing for something greater in life, be it meaning or success or any of that, 
who connect to that moment are the ones who are infected with the Star Wars virus. Because there's other people who think it's fun and great, and they'll be, you know, I've seen Star Wars, and, you know, they move on. And then there's those who do not move on, as we, and this is what this is about, who say, well, it changed my life, right? And I always say that when when, when I teach... When I teach, you know, transmedia and storytelling, I always say, you know, there has been a life before Star Wars and a life after Star Wars. Now, obviously, that was only a couple of years because it was fairly young. But there was a shift, a true shift that happened. And to go back to the Binary Sons, I think that's when, that's when this stuff became ingrained into our DNA and into our, into our psyche because it, it said, you too. This is a journey about you. This is not a space tale. This is a journey about you and how you can find right. purpose and your true path in life. And Lucas basically exercised this in a very traditional fa- fashion. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that at some other point, the, the, the sort of formula of the hero's journey. But he's, he's given us a point of reference, which okay. actually helps us a roadmap, which allows us to reflect back onto our lives. And this is what we've been doing for the last 10 years as we've been talking. We haven't been, you know, we've been geeking out on Star Wars and talking about, you know, the nerdy stuff of it. And that's fun to do as, as you know, as chit chat. But most of the time, what we've been doing is, you know, we've been sharing our stories and our paths as we go through life. And as one of us would share the story, the other would reference that moment in yes. one of the Star Wars stories. And I am actually really saying the first six mm-hmm. uh, episodes because. Granted, with all the flaws in execution, the the prequel trilogy has the the psychology, the psyche, and, and the mythology are still there, right? And it, that's why. Just yes. a frame of reference for people listening out there. Jorg and I have done some pretty bizarre spiritual stuff and activities together. You know, from going out to Joshua Tree and Oming, which <laughs> is another. I I refused to do because I, I wasn't interested in the mm-hmm. woohoo spiritual stuff to going away to Buddhist retreats mm-hmm. and trying to tap into energy or we would stand and, and look at the sun and something called sun gazing or anything. And for me, they were always, again, linked to Star Wars activities to try and just find out who the hell am I? Why am I in so much pain? How can I get past this? Well, and if you recall, and, and, and yes, and if you recall, the reason why we did something as crazy as sun gazing, which basically means that you stare into the setting or rising sun, so the UV light is not going to damage your eyes. I think it was always the two hours after and before sunrise and sunset, right? Yeah. And the reason why you and I went to go see this, because our martial arts teacher slash life coach, um, he said, oh, there's this guy coming to town. And he basically just does, he doesn't eat or drink. He just lives off sunlight. And he's basically like a Jedi master. And you and I were like, what? He totally knew how to play us, right? And yeah. so he said, yeah, he's basically like a Jedi master. And I know you and I looked at each other and said, all right, we're going we're gonna to check this we're out. Because we were so, and because that was our quest, you know, we wanted to understand how this force stuff works. Because, you know, also, I think martial arts is something that connects you very much to your body, to your chi, right? So you are working with energies. And then we also did uh, Qigong um, and meditation. Right. So I think we were, right. yeah. So so we were we were experimenting with this kind of stuff. And so obviously that's all the that's all the Jedi stuff out there. And so when this guy was introduced to us, we of course had to go and check it out. And we we sun gazed for a long time. And it's it's it takes discipline because you have to either get up in the morning 
or you have to go, uh, you know, stand somewhere. And we did in LA, somewhere in some random park because you got to pull your car over. It's a, if you're in that window before sunset, so you can yeah. catch, you know, the sun from a certain angle and, and look into it. And by the time we, we've been doing this for weeks, the way it works is you would always add, you would always look longer. I think every week you would add 30 seconds or something, right? right? So, so by the time we had been doing this for a couple of months, we had, you know, I don't know. I think I was standing there for seven, eight, nine minutes, you know, staring into the sun. So anyhow, but that was sort of what we were looking for was to to connect to this wisdom that Star was, you know, um, well, yeah. shared. Or, or and I know personally speaking, I just wanted the pain to go away. I was willing mm. to do everything and anything, and that's one of the reasons I absolutely latched onto you as a mentor. Even though I had a martial arts mentor, you you were a different mentor, right? Because I had no identity, even well into my 30s and 40s. I still had no identity. I didn't know who I was. So I would, whoever I encountered, if they liked something, instantly I liked it. And if they were against something, instantly I was against it. I had no individual thought. And upon meeting you, and it was a challenge in the beginning with our friendship, mm-hmm. is that I needed to do everything that you were doing, although I didn't want to do the work. I just wanted to embody everything that you had. That caused further pain because, God, I could tell you stories how I know I would be whining and complaining. How come I'm not you? How come I'm, I don't look like you? How come I can't, you know, I should have gone to film school. I should, it was just a billion things. It was all just suffering. And you would just tell me, you're being Sith right now, right? Mm-hmm. And these are, these are code words. That you would speak in absolutes. Absolutely. It, it was, it, I was in so much pain and it really became a colloquialism, right? It was the mm. easiest way just to burn through whatever was going. And I can remember any of the times you having to sometimes even drag me through certain things because I didn't want to do them because I knew it would evoke change on there. But I still was willing to follow you because you had all this information. I didn't truly understand it, the why and everything and the hero's journey and everything, but you valiantly attempted to usher me through, ironically, which is, again, just to circle back why we're here talking about this, because mm-hmm. you challenged me years ago. Hit record, record your fucking mm-hmm. podcast, stop being Sith, mm-hmm. keep whining about, you know, staring into the suns and wanting change. So I just wanted to add that bit in there that it was just fascinating that even after 50 years on this planet these things are even more important now Hmm. than they were 10 15 20 30 years ago right a deeper understanding of the sun gazing and the meditation and the key and the qigong and 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 the the desires you know for destruction and i just wanted to before I forget and and forgive the mm-hmm. audience because I do suffer from ADHD and take medication and I, I I work very hard to stay in a linear path, but we were talking about you know just the behaviorals and and what it did for us. I can remember not only Star Wars saving my life, Star Wars also saved me from taking somebody else's life on there because I was filled with so much rage towards my family growing up that there was a point in time in my early teens that I was going to kill my sister. And she was very emotionally abusive. 
And I can remember I had a friend that had a switchblade and I sat in my driveway because we, we lived in the same neighborhood and he brought over a switchblade because I told him to. And he handed it to me, he goes, what are you going to do with it? I said, you need to leave now. And he's like, you know, no, nah, man, this is not good. And I said, you need to leave right now. And he left. And when I tell you I was full Sith, I fantasized about how I was going to end her life because I just got tired of the pain and the abuse. And I can remember sitting there and thank God she was late from coming home. I don't know if it was work or something. I sat in that driveway with switchblade in my hand and I was going to take her life. And I remember the only thing that stopped me is just hearing whether it was Luke or Obi-Wan or anyone. Again, I was in my teens. Just saying, you know, don't do this. This is not worth it. This is not the way. Right? This is not the Jedi way. Because I wanted her dead so badly. So there were different points in my life where <laughs> there is, and this is why I kind of identify a little more with Anakin than I do with Luke. Because... Luke seems to never have had that in him where since I was a boy, there is a darkness that has been in there that I could easily have gone to the dark side. So that's why all of this is so much more important. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in there to show the impact because I'm sure there's some people out there listening like who have done stupid things or have reacted out of anger or spoken in absolutes. And again, this is the hope that you're not alone. Believe it or not, these these tenants all have a place in our lives. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on there. So you were saying, go on about the Well, and what you're what you're saying is that's that's exactly why this stuff speaks to us, because it references certain energies and it's cer certain psychological states that we can identify with. And if you have something to latch onto that'll give you a moment that'll take you out of the emotional abyss that you get you get stuck in right as you do or as you did and it gives you a sort of a meta layer of of reflecting a point of reference then that stuff becomes life-changing i've luck you know fortunately i've had a very different upbringing and so i've had much more positive experiences another life-changing moment was i had finally seen the trilogy and i was born and uh, raised catholic in in, in germany Although we weren't, you know, very religious, I only went to church like once a year, but I had to visit religious education in school, which was all the Bible stories and all this stuff. And I could never connect to any of it. And we had a cross, a Jesus on a cross in, in our uh, dining room. And it was, I thought, actually sadistic or cruel, you know, this, this, this crucified half-naked person hanging up there and right. looking down on us. And so as a child, and, and you know, my, my grandmother's very religious, and my aunts and cousins and everybody, they were all, you know, doing the whole, the, the whole church thing. And I always felt very, I don't know, out of place when I was at church, and I didn't understand the sermon. I didn't understand the stories that were told. So, but I had a, no, I didn't connect to it. And, and again, you know, Campbell would, would, would explain why it's very difficult to collect to a mythology that's 2,000 years old and based on a cosmology that's just as old. And when I saw Star Wars, I, you know, I had many experiences that connected me to something that was greater in life. I had an intuitive understanding as a child 
that there was more to life than meets the eye. And um, sort of a, I want to say a Gaia principle. I felt the trees. I, I loved being out in nature. I felt the wind, uh, you know, all the animals. I, I sort of felt that there was a unity in life. And as the Force is explained in the Star Wars movies, um, you know, it binds us together, you know, it moves through all of us, the sort of Buddhist understanding of, of life. It was something that I could latch on to. And I remember thinking as a young boy, maybe I was like, you know, 12, 13 years old. I remember thinking, I'm not going to tell anybody, but I am going to believe in the Force. This is now my religion. And I was kind of ashamed of it because I knew this came from a sort of pop movie, you know, phenomenon. But I still found more spirituality and truth about the world that I intuitively understood as a child than in, you know, hundreds of hours of religious education. Right. And I think that's another sort of pivotal moment that a neo-mythology can have for people. There are very simple explanations of the God idea in, in Star Wars. You know, it's not called God, it's called the Force. And the Force is easily explained and it's visualized and it's felt. And I think we all, anybody who loves Star Wars, connect to this. I think there, on a deeper level, we understand that there's truth in this, right? So it's not just a narrative, you know, a storytelling gimmick or something that a writer thought up. We, we intrinsically and intuitively understand that there's something truthful to it. And so that became also an initiation into seeking out a greater truth about, you know, who are we, where do we come from, where do we go, which are the big, you know, essential spiritual or philosophical questions. And that is another thing that Star Wars did for me. And that was something that connected us, if you recall, you know, because we also felt you came, you know, from a very different religion. And, but that was not that, that we didn't identify through that. Because frankly, I think whatever we had learned through religion didn't, didn't connect, you know. And so what we learned through Star Wars had connected and it gave us context to actually speak about the the God idea, you know, that, that which can usually not be, you know, talked about, the, the, the mythological transcendent energy or whatever you want to call it, you know, God, for lack of a better word, that, that principle. I'll admit, upon many viewings of Star Wars, especially in the early years, I identified with Han. As soon as he came out, hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. And I'm like, yeah, see, you blow people away, right? Mm -hmm. You don't sit there and close your eyes and, and you feel the false permeates all living things. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Hokey religions and ancient weapons, right? It, it's, it's, it's just it's something that I, I, it took me years to conceptually understand. I find your lack of... I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yes. I mean, <laughs> people in front of Vader that he had mm -hmm. to choke <laughs> because they didn't believe in this stuff. And it took me a long time because I, I, I believe that the second you accept it, mm -hmm. then the responsibility for change falls on you. Mm -hmm. You can no longer point the blame. And say, well, it's my mother, it's my father, it's my brother, it's my sister. You go, wait a minute, if the force permeates me, that means I have to do the work to accept the force. And I, I, I never had 
the whole God thing never resonated. Like you, the whole God thing never resonated. But the force was something that I was terrified of. I was scared of it. Because if that means that I, I have personal responsibility, I can't blame anybody anymore. Hmm. Right? Then it becomes my decision, my choice to want to do something about this. Why the fuck? If, how could I play the victim <laughs> if, if I, I realize I have the power inside of me? So that's, and, and again, that's something that you used to quite frankly shout at me hmm. through the years. Right. Anytime I would go on and on and whine about something. And I remember, and you would sit there and, and say to me, enough, stop. If you don't want to do said job or whatever, don't do it. If you want to do something, then please do it. Just stop talking about it. Stop complaining about it. Cause quite frankly, I can't listen to this shit anymore. Hey guys, Mark Backer here. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to take a bit of my own advice for a change and put a pin into this conversation for now, since we were going a bit long and it was closing in on an hour. So I decided to split the podcast in half and we'll play the second hour in part two. Because personally speaking, I do not have the attention span to listen to anything that's that long to begin with. So if you will, please... Join Jorg and I for the conclusion of episode one, A Search for New Hope, in the next podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And may the false be with you. Hey 